What up, what up, what up? Welcome to another edition of Sports Talk KC. Fellas, go ahead and introduce yourselves. What's up, KC? Lee 86, live in the flesh. Like Lee always says, there's so much parody in this league. This is DB's 1492. Yes, yes, yes. It was pure comedy last night. The Steel Curtain took on the Bengals and got an L. And that's parody that you can't write right there, baby. Fellas, what is your thoughts on the Pittsburgh Steelers losing to the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, it, it, it was just like I was saying, man. You know, each week, each Sunday, Saturday, Thursday, whatever you want to call it in this NFL league, um, you can never take no one for granted. You know, Pittsburgh having to play for so much. The Rams, who lost to the winless Jets, having to play for so much. For these type of guys to, you know, go out and, you know, not to say they played down to their opponent, could have been some of that, but the fact is they lost. Um, Like you said, Pittsburgh has lost three straight. Um, It just goes back to what I said, man. Um, I don't think it's that, that, you know, I don't think it's just that our Chiefs play down to the competition. These these guys and these players get paid millions of dollars to go out and perform for themselves in their in their respective city and their organization. These coaches, general managers, head coaches, whatever, they get paid as well. So it just goes to, like I said, man, this time of year in the NFL, anything is possible. And if you don't keep your head on the swivel, you will get knocked off by someone less inferior to yourselves. Yeah, I didn't watch none of the game last night, to be honest with you, but I saw a little snippet of it. I called Kyle in the middle of it. I was like, dang, do you, are you watching this? I was like, shoot, uh, Cincinnati up 17, nothing. Um, so I think it was probably the Steelers just shitting all over themselves because I knew that uh, – the Bengals at least got a pick, and then I did see when they went up, and then they uh, he threw it to – I don't know who the quarterback is for the Bengals at this moment, but I know he threw it to uh, to the running back over the middle, and then he scored. I was like, oh, snap, Pittsburgh in trouble. And then I just yeah. turned it off after that. But then they won, what, 27-17, correct? Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, on, uh, that's, I mean, heading into the playoffs, that's not what you want to do. Uh, I'll tell you that. Um, no, you don't want to go off into the playoffs with a losing streak. Nobody. Um, and, so. you know, um, I was just going to throw in there. Yeah, we know the Rams lost to the winless Jets. Um, and we know Pittsburgh lost to their division foes, the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think it was an extra added. Cincinnati played really tough. They played really good defense last night. I watched that whole game, and Cincinnati played tough. And I think it has something to do with how Juju, before the game, was dancing around, prancing around on the Bengals' logo at the 50-yard line. And you were basically disrespecting them as a team, as a city, as an organization. And I felt that the Cincinnati Bengals played that game like, nah, we're going to bust you in your chops. You're going to celebrate on our logo. I don't know if you guys know that that – no, no, I don't know if you guys knew that that went down. 
Yeah, but I do. Think it was an extra added incentive to go out and beat Pittsburgh after the disrespectful act by Juju before that ball game. I'm just going to interject here. I don't. It, it could have done that because he's been doing it all season on opponents. Um, um, I guess on their logo on the 50 yard line all year. It's for his TikTok. Um, so uh, I guess the Bengals said not tonight, pretty much. So, but I just want to just let the sports heads know that he has, because they showed that last week when they played the Bills, that he did the same thing before the game. They actually showed that. Um, so, uh, excuse me. But yeah, he's been doing it all year for his TikTok. So, well, it is that time of the season. Like, I like to don it, tis the season to piss in someone's coffee. And that's exactly what Cleveland. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, Cincinnati did last night to the uh, uh, three-game losing streak of Pittsburgh Steelers. Like I said, uh, they just wasn't what everybody thought they were. They had a very light schedule. And now you're going into the season where teams are just playing with passion, even if their schedules are terrible. They're looking to ruin your schedule and your playoff wishes. So Pittsburgh is in some trouble. Uh I always say it's good to take your L's early than late. Look at the uh, the Ravens last season uh, with their big-time run, and they started losing towards the tail end. That potentially got them knocked out the playoffs. So it don't look too good for uh, Pittsburgh because games yeah. are going to get tougher. Yeah, and like you said, the pissing of the coffee, the pissing in someone's coffee continued with the winless Jets beating the Rams real deep in the playoff picture looking to have Super Bowl aspirations. So, man, if they, you don't call that parody, I don't know what you call it. Right. right. Sean Wayans and Marlon Wayans couldn't write a movie funnier than that. Um, But let's go on off to uh, – well, I know we got a pick segment, so we'll cover more games in our pick segments. But NBA starts tonight, correct? Mm-hmm. All right, man, back to basketball. Right now, back to- I didn't mean to cut you off, but I'm just going to say, like, right now, as we are recording, um, the Warriors in the uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets are tipping off. Yep. Yeah, see, uh, I'm in the process of switching um, services and shit, so I ain't going to get no games tonight, unfortunately. I was just about to ask you guys who played, and that's a good game to kick it off. You said Brook- uh, uh, the Warriors at the uh, Nets? I think it's the other way around, right? Yeah, I think it's like that. But like you said, that's a that's a key that, that's a nice matchup. You got Kevin Durant going against the Warriors, who he won two championships with. That's gonna be a hell of a game. So I plan to tune in. It, it, it's another good game on right as well. uh, Yeah, exactly. So guess who? Yeah. You said the Lakers who, and the Clippers. Yes. Who's the second game? Lakers and the Clippers. That's man, exactly. they, they they dropping it on us tonight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there you go. Yep. But like you said, as far as um the kickoff to the NBA season is <laughs> tonight live and well sports is. I just wanted to drop a couple of uh little tidbits as far as NBA news because I know we're on NBA news. Um, Kyle Kuzma. Um, signed an extension with the L.A. Lakers, speaking of the Lakers. So that foundation for the Lakers is really intact. And 
you know, um, they just kept that team together. So, shouts out to the Lakers and, and Kuzma for that extension. And another thing I wanted to just talk about NBA news. I just wanted to give a shout out to this young brother. Drew Holiday of the Pelicans. He will be donating all of his 2020 21 salary to black owned businesses that has been affected by the pandemic. And I just wanted to throw that out there. If you guys did not know that that's big. Um, I never seen or heard of a professional athlete doing such as Mr. Holiday is doing. And I just wanted to give a shout out to Mr. Drew Holiday, a young brother, you know, donating his whole salary that he's getting from the NBA and the Pelicans this season to all small black owned businesses nationwide. Take a bow, young man. That's a big stand. And that's a hell of a power move that you pulled off, you know, to do that for struggling black businesses due to this pandemic. And, and that's a true definition of pay it forward, man. Yeah. Uh, huh? True definition. I'm trying to think. I I don't know necessarily for necessary for uh, black people, but I believe what's that dude's name? He used to play for the Eagles. Um, he did something similar. I forgot what the cause was for, but um, he did something similar. But um, but it wasn't like black owned businesses or anything like that. So no, I don't remember what the yeah I know I don't remember what the cause was yeah. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot. I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name Me right either. now, but but I'm gonna I'm gonna just throw this in there. It was not. It was not his whole salary for an entire season. Drew Holiday has donated his whole 2020-2021 salary to black-owned businesses. It is big. Is that just gonna be just within uh the New Orleans? I'm sorry, guy. He plays no. for. Yeah, he plays for the Pelicans. That no, that's that's. He said he's doing a nation. He said he's gonna he's gonna try to he's gonna do it nationwide. That's just not that's just not in his respective city. That's black owned businesses, black owned small businesses nationwide. Kudos to you. Hey, I thought Drew Holiday got traded to uh, the Bucks. Uh, I, I'm not for sure. I just seen it where they said, you know, Pelicans Drew Holiday, and then I proceeded to read into that story. So if he did, I don't care where he played. Yeah, it don't really matter. But yeah, yeah, formerly yeah. Uh, Pelicans. Yeah, but yeah, I think. To do something like that, that just speaks volumes. And I just said. Again, take a bow, young man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 that's major, man. Like I said, that's paying it forward at his most ultimate uh, way of doing things, man. To help people out, these these small black businesses are not receiving a lot of incentives that other businesses may be uh, getting. Uh, as for my mom, she's a small business owner as well, and she was talking about the incentives and things that she was not able to receive as far as the business that she owns. Mm. And she owns legit business as well. And I know Lee, your dad got has a business as well. And uh, 
Yeah, I mean, so it's good that he somebody, somebody's looking out for us and for smaller businesses like these that are maybe struggling through the uh, the pandemic, man. So uh, hats off to him, man. That's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and as for the second game, we got you said the L.A. the the tail of the two L.A. teams, the Clippers versus the Lakers. And this is another thing that's kind of threw me for a loop with this uh, Clippers organization. They re-signed Paul George to the max. Kawhi is still toting both sides of the fence, saying he's not sure he's going to come back with the Clippers next year. This is his last season under that contract that he had uh, with Toronto, involving with the Toronto deal to move him to L.A. So what are you guys' thoughts on Kawhi not signing an extension yet and that he possibly may leave if this season is not successful with the Clippers? It's, it's exactly how you just said it, Cal. It's going to depend on the success that the Clippers have this season. If they struggle with Tyron Lue at the helm now, if it's a struggling situation for the Clippers, I do think that Kawhi will opt out because, like you said, he's eligible to opt out after this year with that current contract. So it's just like how you said, big big guy. I think if the season is a failure and if, if, if it's not successful, then he's going to opt out. Only way I can see him staying with the Clippers if they do something real deep and, re- and really contend as far as a championship. But if they don't, I, I see him opting out, going to join forces somewhere. That's my take. Do you just do you just think it's because of Ty Lue or, or just I or just based on uh how they how the season pans out? Or is, is, does that just tie into both? I think it ties I, it, it ties into both in my in, in from where in my stance, how I look at it, it ties into both the success of the team, the success of the coach. You know, they're letting him, you know, they're letting him kind of call some shots. He, You know, he got Ibaka to join him. So, who knows? But him staying with the Clippers, definitely. I mean, most definitely hinges on the success that they may have this year. Uh, me, uh, I think it goes back to that embarrassing loss in the playoffs. Uh, you were picked to make it to the finals last season. This year, it's not going to be so easy for you. I think a successful season for them is is able to make it to the Western Conference Finals, but they're not going to beat the LA Lakers. And it's also going to take them as far as Kawhi and PG takes them. If they're not going to jail as far as chemistry and, and working together, the ship, the ship floats was how well they do on the field. I'm sorry, on the field, on the court and off the court on uh, chemistry. So to me, like I said, I think it's the tail of the tape from last season and what we're going to expect from them this year since they had a full somewhat off season to work out with each other and build team chemistry skills. So it's going to take them as far as they willing to take it. Yeah. So, but that'll be interesting to see because they're, they're not going to win. The, they're not going to win the West. I mean, LA is too strong, man. Not let something crazy happen. But uh LA, man, they they did they fucking due diligence in the offseason, man. I mean, they put together a great team. And with Kuzma getting re-signed, 
he's just a, a great role player in himself. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. it's going to be a tougher role for the Clippers this year. Very much so. Like you said, the Lakers did very well playing with that house money, keeping that team together, plus adding those dogs, those junkyard dogs that I call them to that team in Harold. And then the uh and then you got the guy from uh OKC that came over. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah, like you said, the Lakers are the cream of the crop in the NBA. But shouts out to the NBA for starting back up tonight, baby. It's gonna be interesting. Ready for some good basketball, man. Good basketball. All right. Uh any other NBA news we'll be moving on. No. But I know we're about to get into I know we're about to get into our Chiefs preview NFL talk. I'm gonna just throw this out there. This is just something that I, you know, came together with for our sports heads listening. And something for us here at Sports Talk KC. This is just NFL talk um related. But I put uh seen this possible I seen this list of possible trades that I seen on Bleacher Report. And I just want you to guys, I just want you guys to say if it's likely are unlikely for this player where they may get traded to or if it's likely they, that they may get traded at all. I'm going to start first. There's five players on this list and possible teams that they could go to. I'm going to start first with Zach Ertz to the Steelers. Is that likely or unlikely for you guys or likely but just not to the Steelers? Mm. I'll say unlikely. Hmm. Um, Did you want to elaborate on that, or do you see him? Do you see Ertz not being with Philadelphia, possibly not with the Steelers, but to another team? Oh yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure he won't sign to Philadelphia. Uh, I can see him with another team, but I don't know for the Steel Curtain. I mean, they could possibly they could use him, but I don't know if the Steel Curtain gonna make any big moves like that. Right now, yeah, I'm. Um, I'm gonna probably say uh, unlikely as well. Um, I don't think Philly's. Gonna, I don't think Philly's gonna trade them unless they can get something for them, maybe a second or a third or something like that. Maybe they think about it, but unless he has the same sentiments as Winch. Um, and wants out, I guess. I don't know, but I think he, I think if you get him back for next season, I think he'll be, uh, you know, uh, a blanket for Hurts to have to go to, um, you know. But yeah, yeah, I could see Hurts not being with Philly, and I could see it possibly likely for for Pittsburgh to actually trade for him, but they got to give something back. You know, to Philly, if they want to have that right. done, because Phil, because the Steelers has always had a, a a big a big time tight end for Big Ben. So Ebron, I do not think is the answer. He actually got hurt in last night last night's game against the Bengals. But I see, I see it could possibly be likely. That's just in my opinion. And yeah, and then another thing, you know, acquiring them this late in the season. I mean, with Big Ben and him, his timing be on point together, you know, because the playoffs. No, 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 not 
it, th- this isn't for the season. This is for next. Oh, year, next year. Possibly. Oh, my bad. Then yeah. yeah. Okay, I thought we was talking. Okay, my, I'm, I'm confused. Okay, my bad. Yeah, he could possibly go there or lead the Eagles. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, the Steelers need a big, big time tight end, like you said, uh, uh, Ebron. Where the dude name is? He ain't that great. And uh, yeah. Ertz is probably like one of the. He's in the top five of tight mm-hmm. ends. He's just on a terrible team. Yeah, these players, these players that I'm listing, this is just. Could it be that they get traded to these teams okay. for next year? Moving it on along, we have Ezekiel Elliott to the Jets. Likely or unlikely, uh, he might get traded, or he might be wanting to move, but uh, he ain't gonna want to go to no fucking Jets. Hey, yeah, that's what I see. I could, I could see Zeke going somewhere else, but. I don't think the Jets. That's fucking funny. Yeah, I think he'll stay in that in, in Jerry's world. Mm. Matthew Stafford to the 49ers. Oh, I can see now, that. Now, I, I, yeah, I did hear some traction on this, man. Matthew Stafford is a good quarterback. Yes, He's he just always been on a terrible fucking team. But if you can put him yeah. around – a good team and a good organization, he could be a great quarterback. So I, I look for Matt to get the hell out of detail. I mean, dude, you wasted a lot of time, good years down there. I mean, quarterbacks are playing into their 40s plus. Why you still got some prime time in you, man? Get the hell out of here. If he's going to the 49ers, I don't know. Uh, Garoppolo is injury prone and Matt. Matt Stafford, man, he's been a man of steel. I don't really remember him having too many big time injuries. So, hey, whichever gets you out of D town, bro. Yeah, I'm with I'm with Cal on that one. Yeah, he. Uh, if I'm him, I'm out of there. Fuck that. I'm not about to go through another he's, coaching he's, change. And yeah. no, no, yeah. no. He, he's been loyal enough, man. I mean, dude, you. It, it's time to go somewhere else, though. Yeah, and I. I feel that too. I don't necessarily know if it'd be the 49ers. <laughs> you can have the Raiders look at him, you know. Um, but if the, uh, like I said, if the, I, I don't think he'd be with the Lions. I don't know if it's the 49ers, but I do think it's highly likely Matthew Stafford is moving on. And like to what, what we were saying last episode, we don't know what the coach going to do with uh, Phillip Rivers. They're going to move on past him and resign him. It's a lot of landing spots that need quarterbacks and teams that's on the cusp. That need a quarterback. That's far. Uh, oh my bad. Yeah. yeah, because oh no, you good. I was just gonna say. Speaking of the Colts, just 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 let me get through this list. Just let me get through this list. But moving it on along, for the fourth one, Sam Darnold to the Washington Football Team. I just ain't seen enough of me Sam either. Darnold, man. Uh, I don't know. I don't man. know either. I mean, think. Washington. Go ahead. Go ahead, uh, Cal. I think what was hurting Washington because, like I said, they got a pretty good defense. It's just their offense and their offensive line is shit and can't protect the quarterback. But they got some positivities on the defensive side. But I haven't seen enough tape on Sam Darnold to even trust risking him with our organization. 
I think he's just a number two at this point. But yeah, I'm with Cal. I, if I'm Ron Rivera next year, I'm drafting me a quarterback. And Alex Smith, you're going to be the bridge, buddy. Or getting you one in free agency. Or, yeah. Or, in or get a bridge in free agency. You're just going to you're going to show this young kid the ropes until he's ready to go. Yeah. I don't know what I don't know what Washington may do or if it's Sam Darnold, but I I I just don't know. I'm just like likely, unlikely. I'm kind of 50-50 with that one. But the last one kind of interesting here. <laughs> Carson Wentz to the Indian Coast. I definitely see that one. I said that yeah. a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I said with the uh Frank Wright uh connection, but I just think he needs to get out of Philadelphia because, like, he he, he literally mm-hmm. said that uh, when they drafted that quarterback, it it took a lot of uh, his motivation. You know, he felt disrespected and it, it it dropped his morale as a quarterback and his confidence, man. So I don't I I know it's gonna be hard to move him with that big contract, but is that if a team's willing to move him and see something in him? I mean, but. As a Philadelphia Eagles quarterback, I don't see him being that anymore. Right. And he said, I don't know if that's the same thing you looked at, uh, Kyle, but he said he does not uh, – he's not looking to be a backup. Right. Yeah. You got a little con- quarterback uh, QB controversy in Philly, buddy. For sure. Yes, you do. All right, that that was just kind of my little spiel on that uh, possible trades that may go down in the NFL with these players and the teams. I know the Ezekiel, we all out of out of those five, we feel like three players could go somewhere, you know, or to different teams. But the one was kind of comical was Ezekiel to the Jets. But that was just kind of my little spiel on that trade talk with these players. All right, all right, all right. Thanks for that little segment there, Lee. Go ahead, buddy, and kick it off with the uh, recap of the Chiefs versus the Saints. Let me go ahead and give off some of these stats before I let you guys run away with it. Pat Mahomes went for 26 to 47, 254 yards, three TDs, and he cleaned up on the INTs this week with zero. Claude Everett-Layers had 14 carries, 79 yards, no TDs. He did go down in that game with a high ankle sprain and a hip injury. So uh, they're looking just to rest him uh, to the playoffs kickoff. Thank God, because we all thought it was something more serious. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had 15 carries, 62 yards, one TD. One of his better games as the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, And also, Pat, he rushed for seven, 37 yards, zero TDs. Uh, Kelsey was our top receiver again. The old Wiley vet, eight receptions, 68 yards, one TD. Sammy Watkins right behind him with 60. Tariq Hill with 53 and one TD. And Mika Harbin had one TD as well. Uh, in the defensive side, Snead had uh, one sack and one INT. He was a big uh, defensive standout on that Chiefs defense in this game Sunday afternoon. But, fellas, it was a tough fought game. Chiefs was Chiefs was able to win over the Saints 32 to 29. Kind of around when we did our pick segments, these were kind of the numbers we were talking about. It was a close game. But fellas, yeah. We're, yeah. We're going ahead, Lee. 
And I was just going to say, yeah, and Beats was actually really close. Beats uh, predicted the game to be 31 to 28. So, shots out to Beats on that. I predicted 27 to 21, and you predicted, Kyle, 24 to 38. So, Beats was really one point mm-hmm. off <laughs> of each team. That was a good yeah. call by you, Beats. Yeah, yeah. I was just I was thinking that when we was uh, when I was watching the game, like damn, we were pretty uh close with these uh picks and what I mean with the uh the uh game points. So that, that was pretty cool there. Uh mm-hmm. well fellas, I mean uh, let's go ahead and just break down this game and decipher what we thought and what we think it looked better this week for the Chiefs to get a victory. Let's go ahead and kick it off. Yeah, in the recap, I'm gonna start with the offense. I'm a I'm I'm we can do it a little bit different. I want each, I want each each person to say what they got to say for each respective group. If they if, if you guys are cool with that, or you just want me to get my whole rundown yeah. for all three. Things. Yeah, we can break it down like that, Lee. Yeah, I'm gonna start with the offense in this uh, recap of the 32 to 29 victory at the Mercedes Benz Superdome against the Saints. Offensively, hell of a job, you know. Um, you went four for five in the red zone. You were nine of 18 on third downs, you know, um, 16 passing first downs, 13 rushing first downs. Don't let me get to talking about time of possession. We held that ball seems like that whole game for 41 minutes and 14 seconds compared to the Saints. 18 minutes and 46 seconds. That's dominating football right there, fellas. I know we talk, you guys talk about it all the time. You want to see some, some balance. That's balance. This game, I'm going to go out on the limb and say this was the best performance by the Kansas City Chiefs thus far to do this against the number two ranked defense of the Saints, number two against the run, number four against the pass, and you just control the ball like that, time of possession, you ran the ball for 42 yards, 108, you you ran the ball 42 times, 480 yards. It was good to see Le'Veon Bell, you know, run with a toughness, and a lot of his runs picked up key first downs. You know, I know this offensive line, Pat took some hits that that all made us kind of cringe. But this offensive line, man, they played gutsy. Shots out to Eric Fisher for playing in this game. Wally, you got to you gotta dust some things up, you know, because Pat took some hits that we do not like to see Pat take. But all in all, for you guys to do this, for the O-line to show resiliency like this against a top 10, against a top five defense of line and just a defensive unit, period, that's gutsy. And that's resiliency. That's the sign of a foot. That's the sign of a championship football team showing <laughs> that the crown still fits, baby. And we still we still looking to put it on. Okay, off. You know, it, it, it's just it was just big. You know, one hundred eighty yards rushing, two hundred fifty four yards through the air. You know, um, you scored on the next play after the ejection from Cameron Jordan, if that is not big and ballsy, it was just like, oh, you want to play dirty? Okay, we go punch it in. On the very next play, 
man, that was just big. That was actually Le'Veon Bell's touchdown right after that little debacle by Cameron Jordan. Offensively, man, I cannot say enough. This team showed up. It was the best performance. I thought the Buffalo Bills game was their best performance. But the Buffalo Bills defense is not as good. It's just not as great as the New Orleans Saints. The offensive line, the offense, period, did what they had to do, man. And this is the best performance from the offense, from the Kansas City Chiefs thus far in this season. Go ahead, B. So how are we doing this? We just talking about the offense right now? Yeah, the, we, okay. we're breaking down offense. I, got, I thought we like were taking each one. But okay. Um, I mean, I have the same uh, sort of sentiments as you have. Um, I mean, early on there, you mean – I mean, like I said on the pregame, I knew that this was going to be a tough game, so I'm not – I wasn't looking necessarily like for perfection or anything like that. Um, I know that the teams were trying to fill each other out, so I wasn't necessarily worried about the early three and outs a little bit here and there. Um, but uh, big up, I mean, Pat had to, uh, you know, sometimes make something out of nothing because Tony Romo said that, uh, you know, the Saints were just going to play the pass every play, and that's pretty much what they did. They kind of dared them to run the ball. Um, and I'm glad even with that uh, uh, makeshift offensive line with Wally at right guard, and you have Wisniewski in there. I thought he did pretty good. Speaking on Wisniewski, I thought he did pretty good when he was in there. So I think that kind of helped with that run game too. Um, I, I do want to give kudos to uh, Fisher, even though he was getting his, hand, his ass handed to him, but he had an ailing back um, injury this week. And uh, so I do give him kudos for at least gutting it out and uh, playing the game, even though he can barely walk. Um, so um, he was going up against Davenport on that side. In that, what's that? What's that white boy for the Saints that be always getting them sacks and shit? Yeah, I forget his name, but he mm-hmm. was, he was effective a little bit. Yeah, shit, a little bit, a lot. But like I said, I I just give him credit for even suiting up and playing the whole game and not uh, messing up his back even more. Um. I mean, I mean, the offense did what it what it was supposed to do. Um, what was that? A little bit uh, after the first quarter, I was wondering why we were dropping back a little bit. I thought we, because the few times we did run, I'm like, man, we getting by a good. I told Cal this. I said we getting by a good six to eight, six to eight a clip. I don't know why we just keep dropping back. But then I guess they figured it out, and then throughout the game they incorporated the run to where you have those stats or where you have what. What'd you say, a uh, hundred, a buck eighty? Oh, uh, yeah, I'll take that. A buck that. eighty on 42 carries. Mm-hmm. Damn. We had that damn many plays. So we so we threw the ball 46 and 47 times, and we ran the ball 42 times? Yeah. The time of possession was 41 minutes and 14 seconds to 18 damn. minutes and 46 like seconds. Okay. Clyde and uh Clyde and Le'Veon had a combined of uh, twenty nine carries. Then you add on the little uh Pat runs and Damian Williams yeah. runs. Oh, yeah. Pat 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 had Pat had mm-hmm. seven rushes for thirty seven yards. Clyde had fourteen rushes for seventy nine. Bale had fifteen for sixty two. Okay. Yeah, but tub. I did like the creativity within the red zone because. 
I mean, the way the play calling was, you can tell that uh, that Andy Reid. I mean, like I said, the make the makeshift line, the mischief line, or whatever you say, call it. Um, he knew it was going to be tough to get, uh, you know, a couple of yards when they know we're going to try to run the ball. So they had to get creative with that. So I like what they did in the red zone, um, especially with the Kelsey uh, touchdown, the Tyreek Hill touchdown, and the. Uh, the Le'Veon Bell, where he actually – where it was an option and Mahomes actually kept it. And then, since it was a lateral and just lateral the ball backwards, and then I'm just glad they were on the same page and uh, Le'Veon was still looking for the ball and that didn't become a fumble and stuff like that. So, um, I like that. And then a uh, good catch by Miko Hartman in the end zone, even though on some of those third downs to where – uh, we could have kept the drive alive where he had his hands on the ball. Um, he just has to come through. Hopefully, he'll get that ironed out. Um, but, yeah, that's my thoughts on offense. Like, I didn't even know all that. So, I mean, and the Saints are a good defense. Um, so, I mean, I, I think that's probably the best defense we we faced all year probably. See, ain't, no, ain't no probably to it. Number two, number two defense, number two against the pass, number four, number two against the run, number four against the pass, number two overall defense that you're playing there. That was by far the best defense, top five defensive line that we have faced mm. thus far. Yeah, uh, the Chiefs had a hell of a performance on this game. Like you said, they're playing one of the top, or if not the top tier defense in the NFL, but I'm just going to go back to our receiving core and just do throw some little highlights out there. All right. <clears throat> we did have an over and under on uh, Travis Kelsey. He did get under what we thought, but still was leading a uh, receiver and yards uh, as far as uh, on the field play with that one TD. But I'm going to give you a quick number of uh, that I didn't even realize with Sammy Watkins. He averaged 15 yards after catch, per catch, for 60 yards. That was big. Mm -hmm. Like you were saying, they was playing us deep. They was daring us to throw the ball. Pat was going to have to scramble around and find some things to, you know, possibly just make things happen with his legs and his arm. And Sammy was clutch on a lot of those plays for 60 yards. Uh, mm -hmm. Tariq Hill as well. Uh he had 8.8 .8 yards per uh, 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 yards per catch with 53 yards and one TD. I mean, they were able to make – they was able to confuse that defense to make the offense look even greater than what they were. You know, they, they knew what they were trying to do. They were trying to press him on the pass. For Andy Reid, it's just so gutsy. I'm going to still throw it on your ass. And they found ways to do it. Because me and Beach was – like you said, we were saying, like, why they don't, they don't run the ball? They're getting good yardage rushing. But Andy, man, Andy, he's gutsy. He doesn't care. And I love that intensity that he showed in that game. I'm still going to throw it. I'm still going to show that we're the dominant team. You don't, you may be top defense in this league, but we're the better offense. We got weapons, and they used them. And as for Clyde and Le'Veon Bell, it didn't seem like it in the game that they had that many yards uh, combined with each other. But they did good when they got their opportunities with rushing the ball and gave us balance within that Chiefs offense. So hats off to him. Hats off to Rimouski. He did his job. I was watching him doing that game. Uh, almost had a uh, uh, 
a freaking recovery uh, for a fumble, but they called it a uh, um, what do they call it? An incomplete pass or something like that. Uh, legal, uh, legal four. Uh, legal four yeah. I think so I too. Think if you look at the replay, like the even though his hand was coming forward, that ball did not come forward. He actually lost the ball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the ball was knocked out of his hand. I mean, he was. But anyway, you know, just with that intensity for him to have the, the on-field awareness to get that ball back, you know, so. Hats off to the Kansas City Chiefs offense. They look great. This is one of their better performances of the year next to that Bills game. I do agree with that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, the Chiefs on all ends of their offense did what they had to do, especially with a hobble offensive line. Pat did take some hits, like y'all said, but we don't like to see that. But uh, they were able to get it done, man. So, hats off to that Kansas City Chiefs offense. I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Yeah. And, like, just kind of go back to what you said about Andy Reid calling pass plays. It goes back to kind of like how we always say or people may say <laughs> when they not big red in this offense. Oh, why y'all getting so vanilla? Da-da-da-da-da. Stay aggressive. It showed that. And it spoke volumes that you don't play. You don't play with the whisperer of this NFL, and that's big red. He kept throwing that ball because he knew. Now, I'm going to keep my foot on the gas, and I'm going to keep the pressure on them. He wouldn't wouldn't get in vanilla. That's why I said, nah, he knew this was a big game. Playoff-like atmosphere. It's one play that's not getting talked about that I'm going to give kudos to before we move on. The two-point conversion that was successfully converted with a little shovel pass with with, uh, Travis Kelsey. That was big. We ultimately we won the game by three points. You take away that two-point conversion that the Chiefs attempted and succeeded on, they don't get that. It's a totally different ball game in my eyes. That was a big play, and that was gutsy. Fuck it. We're going for two. We're gonna make this, we're gonna make this an even bigger lead. Yeah, I can kick the field, the kick the extra point, but you know what? I'm going to go for two. And to do it with a shovel pass to TK, right in the middle of the teeth. That's not right. That's play. That's good. What quarter was this and in? Big. I yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about. Uh, wasn't it? It was late in the game. Wasn't it, like, it, was more, it was right. I want to say it was right after either Le'Veon Bell's touchdown or McCole Hartman's. One of them, one of those draw. I forget what quarter it was, but – it was big that they went for that I, and converted. On I think it was conversion. in the. I think it was in the third quarter because Harvey had got that touchdown on the backside of the end zone, and then they came back with that uh that two point conversion with Kelsey. It was in between there somewhere, right? But I think that Le'Veon Bell that Le'Veon Bell uh right. touchdown was in the fourth when a uh, dude tried to punch Andrew Wiley, and uh. For him to come back on that, that same side that Jordan just got exited out the game on to score that touchdown. So it had to be in between those two plays with Harden and uh yeah. uh Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, I think it was right after that Le'Veon Bell touchdown. And like Le'Veon Bell said, I knew I knew Pat had the option to to toss it back to me. At that point, once he split that defensive end, it becomes backyard football with Patrick Mahomes. That was a play design, fellas. See, <clears throat> you talk about the two-point conversion, the little quick 
shovel pass to TK, the chest pass where he goes in on his touchdown, design play. All these are design plays that Andy Reid has in his back. So it's not like Pat just decided at the last minute to pitch that off to Bell. Nah, that was by design. And it was just a thing of beauty, man. It was just a thing of beauty. Like he's like Beat said with McCole Hartman's uh toe drag swag <laughs> as Nate Burless <laughs> to do that. And he had another big one like that earlier in this season on a two-point conversion against the Chargers that was just Pat keeping the play alive, throwing it somewhere where McCole Hartman can get it. So that was a big play as well. But the offense, man, you could just say you, you you can't say enough. I appreciate you shooting, shouting out SWAT because all of his catches came for big first downs, Cal, as you alluded to. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Man, he shows, man. Like I know he has trouble sometimes being on the field, but uh, with the injuries, man. But when he's on there, he's productive, man. He's been he's been there, man. So hats out to SWAT. Exactly. Pat Pat called SWAT my safety belt. <laughs> When Pat says that about anybody or whatever, best believe it's the truth. Pat knows how critical Sammy Watkins is to this offense. He calls him. That's my safety belt guy. That's my. He's using my final read, third to final read on plays, but he knows to keep working when I scramble, scramble around. So just, just kudos to the offensive line, man. I know – or just to the offense, period. Offensive line, whatever. The whole offense – Moving on to this defense, man, man, man. This defense got his blood in the water. His blood in the water. <laughs> what Frank, what Frank Clark say during the Super Bowl? His blood in the water. That's what this defense is playing like. This defense these last three weeks, I don't care what nobody says, has been playing with the chip on their shoulder. I know they're not getting the beautiful sacks, the stats with the you know the Big Mac for sacks. But this team is pressuring people. You, you mentioned Willie Snead with the with the great interception. It seemed like this kid just has a knack for the ball. He he gets interceptions. That's what he does. The one and only sack. Yeah, it was orchestrated, but we got the sack. I'm going to just say this. We, we may not have collected sacks on the stat sheet, but there was nine QB hits on Drew Brees where there was Frank Clark, Chris Jones, Okafor, Snead, Whoever, Sharkandrick Ward, Tyron Matthew. There was nine hits on Drew Brees. Okay. I look at those as sacks or moments to where you're having to get rid of the ball, to where you make a silly decision. So kudos to this defense for nine hits on Drew Brees plus the sack. You held the Saints and Alvin Kamar to 60. Yeah. 60 rushing yards. Alvin Kamara is such a beast. It's, there's not too many teams in the NFL that's going to do that. I'm just sorry. The Saints went one for 11 on third downs. I don't care if Drew Brees was 75%, whatever. He played. I don't, I don't give a damn. Your defense hold that offense to one for 11 on third downs? I don't care. I don't care. I don't care how you got it done. I don't care if he was overthrowing stuff. I don't care. You did it against a potent Sean Payton team, an offense like yourself, a team that that possesses the hardware like yourself. 
they have a cha- that's a championship caliber team we're talking about. Man, for the defense to hold the hold the Saints to under three hundred yards total offense, that's it for me. No more talking. Two hundred eighty-five was the total offense that Drew Brees, Alvin Kamara, Sean Payton. Well, yeah, they didn't have Michael Thomas. I don't give a damn. They want. They were still competitive. For the Chiefs' defense to do what they did is outstanding, man. It, 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 it really is. Like I said, this is one of the defense's better performances. Yeah, we didn't get the sacks. We got the INT, but we were hitting Drew Brees. We were making him stand. We were making him pay for standing in that pocket and trying to deliver some of them passes. So that's all I got to say about the defense. Kudos to Sneed. This kid is a game changer within this defense. Spags can line him up wherever he wants to. He can send him on blitzes and Sneed gets there. This defense did what they had to do. I have nothing but good things to say about this defense. All the stats that I I haven't been doing stats on this podcast here lately, but I dug into the stats on this one, buddy. And this Chiefs defense is blood in the water. Uh, they smell uh, blood in the water. I mean, pretty much. Okay, I mean, dude. you said it all. Uh, I could have sworn we had more sacks than that. I guess I, I guess I'm just alluding it to the pressures because I was like, I've seen his ass on the ground more. But maybe I mean, I don't know. But it, it seemed like he was. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, what? He, 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 he took it was that one. He took this. Now I, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm sorry to cut you off, brother. It was just that one snack, one sack from Sneed. But like you said, all the times Drew Brees was on that ground. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, like I could have sworn we had about me. a good three or four of them. I was like, hold on, we only had one? God damn. Well, mm-hmm. i just say this. We have yep. to, uh, like yep. you said, as far as uh, uh, Alvin Kamara, because that's one of my uh, favorite running backs in the league, just, you know, just as far as his play and holding him to 60 yards. I've seen him on the, uh, on the sideline. Uh, looking down in the face, um, like you know, the previous uh, quarterbacks that are, that have become memes of lately, along with Drew Brees now. Um, but um, yeah, to hold him for sixty yards, and then they didn't let him get off in the passing game in the screen game either. Um, so kudos for that. Also, um, what was that? Uh, the Saints didn't get a uh, first down until what the the second quarter, I believe. Um. Oh, second. It was one second of second half, I believe it was. It was one of them. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, just short and sweet. Uh, they only got that one play off to uh, Emmanuel Sanders, and that's because Tyron. I only think that because Tyron Matthew didn't think uh, Drew Brees was going to unleash that ball and throw it that deep. But you know, it is what it is. So, um. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have too much to say on this. They, the defense been doing their job. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm not necessarily expecting the most from the defense. Just play comp, uh, complimentary uh, football, and uh, you know, towards your uh, offense because that's where the money is for me. But uh, yeah, um, defense did its job in my in my eyes. Um, only thing I would probably say, even though they kind of got away with it, I saw. Uh, Ben Neiman in there a little bit more than I wanted to. I don't see why uh, still why Willie Gay is not getting some snaps. And then also um, a little breaking news here. 
um, just came across my phone that uh, Hitchens will be placed on uh, the reserve COVID list because he's he is deemed a high risk contact close time close contact. So um, he had to be isolated for a minimum of five days before a chance to return. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna throw that in there too. I seen. I well, I just thought I'd throw it in there since we was on the defense. defense but I'm so. glad you touch bases on that. Yeah. Right, 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 right. That's understandable, <laughs> big dog. It, it, it's enough. It's enough meat on this plate for all of us. To, for all of us. To eat. Well, while we're talking about the meat and potatoes, let me go ahead and clear the plate. You see, we're trying to figure out oh, yeah, why Ben Nemi was on the field. He was one of our leading tackles. In this game with five tackles, our, our yeah, he was our leading tackle. Yeah. Our lead? five tackles and three assisted tackles. And as for the, the part where Lee was talking about Drew, uh, Drew Brees taking hits, yeah, with those nine, with those nine hits, those equaled out to nine hurried throws mm-hmm. for less completions for Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. So that's big. Yeah, you know what I'm saying for him to get to the yep. quarterback that often, and for him to make sure that he took the punishment and to feel the wrath of his defense. Yeah. That was major. I'll take those any day over a sack. So will I. You know, Damn, thank you. Thank you for clarifying that. I was salivating at the mouth, buddy, to get that out. Yeah. You know, I, I, I'll take that any – I'll take that any time, especially on a great quarterback as Drew Brees, man. Them nine, them, nine, them nine hits equals nine hurries for nine less completions from Drew Brees, and that's why he was on that sideline. Most of that game. That's right. That's right. So hats off to that Chiefs defense, man. Sorny was doing his thing as well. I mean, uh, Charvarius Ward, uh, Sneed, obviously, you know what I'm saying? Well, uh, I ain't 10 to sack. Yeah, Matthew did get beat on one play, but I don't think that he, you know, thought that Drew was going to be able to yeah. get it down there like that. And he did, but things happen. But this Chiefs, this Chiefs defense did exactly what we expected them to do, man. Uh, now nah, we're not getting them sacks, but. If you can rattle the cage of a great quarterback like Drew Brees and make him feel your presence, oh shit! They did what they're supposed to do, am I? That's right. That's right. And I'm gonna just kind of touch bases on this, man, just real quick before we move it on along. We know we know that the pro we know that the Chiefs have seven Pro Bowlers. Okay, one of the only three teams in the league has seven, just like ourselves. But Beats made the comment yesterday. What the hell Frank Clark doing doing a pro bowler? I'm just here to clarify that up. Frank Clark is way bigger than the stats and are the pretty sacks. You just see this dude on the field. He don't have to get sacks from me to know that he's out there talking, smelling blood in the water, like I like to say, or how he likes to say. This dude does his job. He's able to solidify and anchor off those ends to force shit back up into the teeth of the defense. He's getting pressure. He's getting held 75% of his pass rushes. They just don't call him. He's getting to the quarterback. And I just kind of wanted to clear that up, man. Frank Clark is bigger than just these sacks. You pay attention to what this dude is doing on the field. They don't call him Frank Clark the Shark for nothing. He's doing his job in my eyes, and that's just kind of to what Beats has said the other night, last night. Like, what the hell he doing getting on the Pro Bowl? Just pay attention to his, pay attention to each play 
on what Frank Clark does, how he how he affects things around him. That's how he got on the Pro Bowl. I just wanted to – I know we're going to talk about the Pro Bowlers, but since we were talking about the defense, that dude does his job. I know I know he has the price tag to go along with. I get that. I know that. But this dude does his job just like Chris Jones. It's the little things that we don't pay attention to on the field while they're in the battle, in the trenches. I just wanted to throw that out there. And just moving it on along because I know we got to – you know, we all had our spiel to the, to the offense and defense thus far. But I'm going to throw this out there real quick, and I just felt that it's the need too. Special teams, Tommy T, Townsend, I call him, Tommy T. For as many punts, you had six punts for 243 yards. Stomach that, fellas. Listen to that. Six punts for 243 yards. You know what that means? That means he had a long punt of 65 yards where he pinned the Saints down within the five. I mean, just boomed it out the dome. Bowman kick, 65-yarder. His other four kicks landed inside the 20-yard line. You're seeing one of Drew – you're seeing one of Brett Veach's draft picks right before your eyes become a star. And I felt I had to give credit when credit is due. Tommy T to keep putting that potent offense, pinning them down inside the 20 – we talked about it earlier. He needs to stop shaking stuff or he's shaking some stuff. He's coming into a zone. And Brett Veach got this kid for that reason. He, this was Tommy T's best game as the punter for the Kansas City Chiefs. He's getting his holding together for Harrison Bucker to put shit through. Yeah, if y'all noticed, the, the extra points and the field goals has been very efficient. I feel like they told and the special team unit deserves credit as well. But that I just had to give a shout out to Tommy T and the special teams. You put the New Orleans Saints aside to 24 times and you had a booming punt to put them within the five or 65 yarders. Man, that's just big. I don't care how you cut it, how you don't, how you shrug at it. That is big that that kid was booming them kicks in that what ball on special teams. Sunday. I'll let you guys have it if y'all got anything on that. Uh, yes, sir, I do. Because uh, Demarcus Robinson, bring your ass to yes, the front sir. of the line. Uh, your dumb ass uh, holding the ball out like that, running backwards and shit. If the motherfucker, I don't know who he was. <laughs> I think it was 41-something for the Saints. If he lands on that fucking ball, we, we're having a totally uh, different uh, discussion here. If you leave the score where it is, they get them extra five. Uh, we uh we lose by uh what, three or no yeah two can't fucking do math uh but yeah uh, two points three points yeah no yeah you're right you're right we'll we, you you add those five mm-hmm. we ultimately lose by um, two yeah That's why I said um, that two point conversion was I mean so too I know he just came off of injury reserve. But why isn't Brian Pringle back there taking punts and kickoffs? I mean, I know they're trying to get Harmon in there, but Harmon, uh, I mean, I, I mean, I know he had the return last week, but he didn't really do nothing yesterday, and then he kept running backwards too. Um, 
I don't know. It's just inconsistent to me. So, I mean, that's where I'm at. I, if anything, Demarcus Robinson, he, he shouldn't be back there at all. I agree. And I forgot to say that. I'm glad you picked me up, brother, on that by mentioning D-Rob because I was very upset with him. But I meant to say that during the special teams. I was so oh, That's all I got. I mean, he should – Demarcus Robinson y'all, should not be taking uh, – Punt returns or kick returns. Yeah, they need yeah. to get that back in order. I think Brian Prigg should be back there anyway. I think he, he would be. He will be. He, it was his first game back off the off the injury reserve. He, that that blunder by D Rob. That yeah, Pringle will be back. He'll yeah, be back. I don't like Hardman back there, man. He tries to do too much and he runs back too much. Trying to get away from that hit, and I I need it. I need to do going going that motherfucker like a torpedo, and Hartman ain't it. Well, you know, you know, I was listening to I was listening to the radio station yesterday, and he was on live with Mitch Holtis, and it makes sense what he said. He said how team how the punter punts when he's back there, it makes it hard. He the the punters are kicking outside the numbers they're kicking to the boundaries of the field and it made sense only reason why i agree with him on this he said when he gets kicks punts in the middle of the field you see what he can do against the miami dolphins that kick was right in the middle of the field he was able to follow behind the blocking set up see teams are doing that and it makes sense it's hard for the chiefs to block you know, as a special teams unit, because the punter is intentionally trying to kick the ball away from Mika Harmon. And then when he fields some kicks, they're right at the boundary because they're kicking them towards the boundary. But when they kick that damn ball in the middle of the field, that's when you see his vision and his speed let loose. I just kind of want to say to that, Mika Harmon was on this radio station and he explained it. And it's true. When they kick that ball in the middle of the field, the, the, the Dolphins fucked up and did it, we seen what Mika Harmon made him do. He made him pay with that. I'm just going to say zone. this. If so you go- I kind of I agree with that theory. What would you say, Cal? Ball placement, man. <laughs> what was that? Uh, uh, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, I, okay, I thought you said something. I was about to say. To- say no, beat. that's beat. Yeah, somebody was calling oh, my phone. I said it was, I, I was all just going to say, if you're going to do, if they're kicking it to the boundary, why not just fair catch? Or if you do have room, get what you can on that boundary instead of trying to go across towards the middle and try to go sideways to try to get the corner, and then you're losing yards. You know what I mean? It... Right. Yeah. But like they, he, he answered that question, Beats. That's so funny you said that. Like he said, a lot of times he's not going to let the ball go over his head because it's going to bounce and it's going to pee in the offense deep. So sometimes that's why he a fair catch. Yeah, I get that. But when I'm saying if he does the ball and make a lot possess play the ball and take the ball and make it a lot play instead of going towards instead of instead of play on the boundary and and because to me. To me, Miko Hartman has no um, 
what's the word, um, uh, change of direction or shiftiness within his hips to make defenders miss. His game, as far as speed, is straight live. So, to me, I'm just saying, if you're going to fill the ball on the boundary, just go straight and get as much as you can. I don't care if it's seven or even five yards. That's better than being five yards going the other way when you're trying to fucking get go towards the middle of the field and try to get to the other uh, hash to turn the corner to go up because you're trying to go backwards to get over there. Yeah, that makes sense. We just got to trust in Dave Tobin, the special teams unit, that that kind of stuff will be corrected the last stretch of these games. But I feel you 100%, bro. Like, that's something that you got to fix and work on. And, oh, when he does that, oh, will he be so dangerous in my eyes? All right, all right, all right. Uh, Let's go ahead and move it on to the picks, man. Yeah, about to start the picks. And that's another thing I just wanted to say while we was on the Chiefs before I get to there, you know, to the pick segment, before I kick this pick segment off. 8-0 on the road this year. Only team in the NFL to do that, man. That's big. When you throw the road games out against Baltimore, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Miami, and New Orleans, you're the only team in the NFL to go undefeated on the road during this pandemic. COVID field time, that's big, man. Never won 14 games in the season. Hats off to the Chiefs. This is the first time in franchise history we have won 14 games. Now have never won 14 games in a regular season. It's always been 13 and 3, stuff like that. So that's another accomplishment. Last time this team went undefeated on the road, we won the Super Bowl in 1966. So I just wanted to throw those accomplishments out there for our Kansas City Chiefs. And this so are, are you saying – I was just going to say, are you that saying that with the win this yeah. week, we will be 14-1? Because aren't we 13-1? and one? Oh, okay. You said yeah. 14. Yeah, we're thir- yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. This is never – this right. is – that's basically my type – Hindsight 2020, we're 13 and one, but I'm looking at it that we're going to be better than that. We're going to be. uh, And I'll just throw this in here real quick. Uh, I think we're done with being on the road. I think the next time we be on the road is when we're when we're going to the Super Bowl, buddy. Back to Tampa Bay. That's right, Pete. Yes, sir. Back to Tampa Bay. That's right. Week 15 here at Sports Talk KC has continued to be also close with the host of games um, here in the week week 15 uh, recap. Uh, the first game I'm going to just throw out there because it's the only game that we all went different ways with during this week 15 pick segment or the recap. The Chicago Bears was victorious over the Minnesota Vikings. Me and Cal went with the Chicago Bears. That damn eraser between beats his ass cheeks wasn't all in his favor this week. They only won by three points. So that was a good game. game Going back and forth, though. That was a good game. The current stats. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just had to throw it out there that 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 that, that magical eraser 
that that imaginary uh, racer uh, that you pull out your ass, uh, it, it, uh, it didn't go it didn't it didn't go quite so well for you there, buddy. Just wanted to just wanted to say that. So as for the standings, we all went twelve <laughs> and four for the week. Stomach that we all went twelve and four for the week. I sit at one fifty three. 70 and one beats four games right behind me at 149, 74 and one. And Kyle Inchinen getting his game back on beats sits four games right behind beats at 145, 78 and one. But as far as this man, uh, we all went in the same direction. Um, besides that, Chargers and Raiders game, beats had got that one off to kick off week 15. The Bills did what they were supposed to do at Denver. We all went with them. Um, we all went with Green mm-hmm. Bay over Carolina in that last Saturday game. Uh, for Saturday, we all went with Seattle. Now, that was a tough ball game. I was really tossed up mm-hmm. about that one. Washington played them tough. Seattle only won that game 20-15. to 15. Washington's defense is for real, man. But we all went with Seattle um, in that ball game. Um, a shocker. Yeah. We all picked the 49ers against the Cowboys. The Cowboys got that duck. So we all took we all took a fall there. Um, New England fell to the Miami Dolphins. They are no longer a playoff team. The first time in 12 years, New England Patriots will not be in any shape, form, or fashion in the playoffs. This year, Tua and the Dolphins did what they had to do. I love what they're doing down there in Miami. Baltimore kept winning, kept their winning ways against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We all went with Baltimore. The Shockers, as we all spoke about, the um, the Shockers, the Jets beating the Rams. And, of course, last night, Cincinnati beating Pittsburgh. That's kind of a recap here for Week 15 action. And is there a Thursday night game this Casey? week, or is it all just for Christmas and the weekend and Saturday? And there, there, there is not a Thursday night game. The next game that kicks off will be yep. Friday. That and yep, and so I figure we're going to do another right. show. I was just wondering if but there was a Thursday so as well. I Shit, I was surprised the NFL didn't want to take the whole fucking week. There's not a Thursday night game. There's just there's just that it's Christmas Day game. And it's actually, huh. let me see here. Christmas Day? Yep. It's just that one game. Right. Yeah, so Christmas Eve is uh Thursday. Yep. Uh so I guess we'll just figure out if we're gonna do it uh that day or like, we have to get something. Now we'll just do it. We'll just do it Thursday evening because we're gonna have to get the picks in for Friday and okay. the three Saturday games. All right. That's fine. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, we'll have a show out Thursday evening for our uh, pre games and all that jazz. But uh, yeah, another good show, man. This was a pretty good, insightful show. And Lee, keep coming with them stats that I may miss, man. That that helps, man. Uh, uh, I got you. I got you. That's why I said. That's why I said. I know on previous shows I have not 
really dibbled and dabbled into the stat line as I use as as y'all probably used to used to me doing. But I just felt that this was such a good win, and I felt so good. I just had to go back and look at the statistical things to it. So yeah, you're right, Cal. Now that we're getting down to the to the back half part of the season, inching into the playoffs, I start kind of grabbing some of those key All stats. Right. And uh, with that being said, this uh, concludes another Uh-oh. episode of Sports Talk KC. This is episode 79. Uh-oh. 79. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. 7-9. Yes, sir. You know what? You know what, fellas? That's a lot of that's a lot of dedication and that's a lot of consistency with you saying mm-hmm. that. So um we just gotta keep on grabbing that, grabbing at that, being dedicated to keep putting this, like you said, these insightful shows out and just keep grinding mm-hmm. at it, man. That's that that feels real. That 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 feels good know. to hear that. Go, I was just gonna say I don't know if we're gonna. Of, well, we might yeah, since we do it twice a week. I don't know what we're gonna do once the playoffs start. But I guess you still have a recap. But um, we might still hit a hundred before the uh, before the Super Bowl, at least by the end of the season. Yeah, that's why I was just sitting here trying to think in my head. I think we will hit it. Uh, that's what I'm thinking. That's what was... Around Super Bowl. I don't Bowl. know. My, I ain't too good at math. I think, I think we will. Yeah. It's going to be around there. It's going to be – if not if not right at the 100, 100 mark, it's going yeah, to be real close. close not, to we're at 79. Yeah, we got 20 more shows to get 20, uh, 20, uh, yeah, 20 shows to get to 100. Because even though, even though we may not be playing, even though we are probably, you know, more than likely have the bot, the, the number one seed, you know, even though we're not playing that week of the playoffs, we're still going to do a show to, you know, our standing or whatever is not going to count in the playoffs. It's just going to be for the regular mm-hmm. season, but I'm pretty sure. That's how we right. yeah. that we keep on the same question. right exactly. Yeah, we still dropping because shit, you got NBA back on, so yeah, we still dropping. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But okay, sorry about that, sports heads. We were just breaking down the numbers. Uh we're gonna hopefully be able to do something special for that hundred episode. Really, for real, man. I would like to. Uh with that being said, this does include another episode. I am cowboy. AKA Cal Yah. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, uh, and check Twitter. Check for me. You can find me Ask at D Beats 1492. That's D E B E A T S 1492. That's on all social media platforms. I'm pretty much on all of them. So all you got to do is just search for that. And my handle will uh, pop up before I swing it to Lee. I just want to say uh, thank you, Sports Hands for uh, tuning in to another episode. Um, also, uh, if you like the pod, uh, with the with on your preferred uh, streaming platform, give us a follow and a review on there. And then also tell a friend to tell a friend, and then uh, we appreciate it if you actually share the podcast so we can grow the audience and uh, build a uh, community of uh, sports heads. So yeah, uh, I just want to say thank you, and you can also check us out on uh, Facebook at the Sports uh, Talk KC uh, page. Lee, if they checking for you, where can they find you? 
Y'all can hit me up, Lee86, Radham Jones, on the Sports Talk KC page, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, like like Beat Say, tell a friend to tell a friend, you know, all the dedication. We appreciate all the support and everything like that. And it's time to run it back because the crown still fits, baby. Yep, 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 yep. So with that being said, we're up out of here. And we'll be back Thursday on Christmas Eve. Uh, Till then, we get at y'all.